the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We have Pastor Jim Maxim. He's with Acts 413 Ministries. And um, you've heard him with his prayers on the air in the morning around 8 and also around 5 at the end of this program. How you doing, Jim? Great, Tim. It's good to be with you. People will recognize uh, your name and the the name of Acts 413 Ministries uh, through the prayer that you like to offer each day on the radio station in the morning and the afternoon. You know, Tim, has there ever been a more critical time, a more divisive time in our nation than what we see right now? And, you know, God's promise to us is that if my people who are called by my name would take the time to pray. And what's so beautiful, Tim, is that pastors are laying down all the uh, denominational divides and all the stuff that, you know, we want to divide each other with and just say, wait a second, let's take God at His Word. Let's come together as the body of Christ and put everything else aside and just get before God and cry out to Him. Cry out to Him for our prodigals, for our children going back to school, for our finances, for our marriages, and yes, especially right now for our country, that God would truly once again, pour out the Holy Spirit upon our nation and send a revival to us by bringing, first of all, the body of Christ together. Because we we believe that there is no plan B, and God's going to work through His church. And a healthy pastor is a healthy church, and a healthy church changes the world. I I noticed, uh, one one quick thought, um, when you were talking there, Jim, you talked about take the time to pray. And I remember hearing a, a pastor who, uh, who airs on our radio station, Joe Foch, and Straight from the Heart, and uh, he actually uses that phrase, take the time. I remember our sermon one time, he said, you can't make time and you can't find time, but you have to take time. You don't get extra by finding, oh, there's some, there's some time over in the corner I didn't know about. Let me grab that. You have to decide, I'm actually going to turn the television off. I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to make that important you know, call to somebody else tomorrow because, or whatever it might be, to take the time intentionally to pray. Jim, uh, we'd love to know why, because you're a man of prayer, and people uh, can tell that. You have your times on, of prayer on our radio station around 8 in the morning and, and 5 o'clock every day. Where did this all come from? Where did God get a hold of you? I want to hear the backstory. Well, Tim, thank you for asking me that. And um, Tim, I'm alive today uh, because I had a mother that would not accept uh, her children going to hell. I had a mother that would not accept the alcohol and drug addiction. I had a mother that would not accept what Satan had thrown against us. Tim, I laid in a pool of my own blood with over 300 stitches in my face. I had five tubes in my body feeding me and draining me intravenously. My jaw had come through my skin, the compound fractured. I didn't think I'd ever see again out of my left eye. And because of the cut in the top of my skull, they didn't know if I was going to have brain damage or not. But when, when my mother was called at 2 o'clock in the morning and they told her, Mrs. Maxim, your son Jim has been in an accident, 
would you uh, uh, would you come down to the hospital? So she got into her car as a mother. Uh, when she got to the hospital, she saw her son laying there in a pool of his own blood. And you can imagine a mother looking at her son uh, in, a, in an emergency room. They looked at her and said, Mrs. Maxim has fallen into a coma. We just don't know what's going to happen. The amount of glass that had gone into his eyes and the cut in his skull was very deep. Man, we just don't know what's going to happen. So after a while, they looked at her and said that uh, there's not much we can do here uh, now, man. We just have to wait. So why don't you come back in the morning? So my mother said that when she got back into the car on her way home, the enemy of her soul, Satan, was relentless with her. Isabel, where's this great God of yours now? Look at your son. Look at your husband. Look at your other children. Tell me about this all-powerful Jesus Christ. You spend this time in prayer. It's a waste of time, Isabel. If God were really that powerful, why would your son be here? Why would your husband? Look at this, Isabel. Tell me about this Jesus Christ you serve. Tim, my mother told me that when she got home, she fell on her knees next to her bed and just started crying out to God for me. She said, Jesus, please don't let him be blind. Jesus, please touch my son. When's this going to end? Jesus, please, I need you to touch him. Please, God. Tim, my mother said as she was crying out to God for me, she literally saw God's finger come down and touch my left eye. She said when she saw that, the presence of the Holy Spirit just put her at peace, knowing that something was going to happen to me, something good was going to come from this. But what she didn't know, Tim, was that she was interceding for me. I was falling through darkness, and it was as real as this conversation right now. As I stopped falling, I just was in this room, and I looked over to my left-hand side, and I saw these two creatures standing there looking at me. I'd never seen demons before because I'd never read the Bible. I had no, no concept of spiritual wickedness in high places and demonic forces. I'd never been to a Christian church as we know it. But I knew those two things, whatever they were, they were going to do with me whatever they wanted, and there was nothing I could do about it. And as she was interceding for me, Tim, it was then that Jesus came to me. And you know what he said to me, Tim, was uh, is what he didn't say to me is what shocked me. is He didn't say to me, why should I help you now? Mm. Jesus said to me, Jimmy, you've been playing around long enough. Do you want to continue? And I said, Jesus, I don't. But what do I have to do? And Jesus looked at me and said, Jim, if you ask me to cleanse you and forgive you, I will, son. And I'll be your best friend. I'll never leave you or forsake you, Jim. I will walk with you. I will give you the power to overcome the drugs and alcohol. I will be your best friend. Well, Tim, when I woke up two days or several days later from my coma, all I could say, my mother was standing next to the bed. My jaw was wired shut. I had to mutter through my broken jaw. She said the first words that I muttered was, Mom, Jesus is here. Mm. Jesus is here. And Tim, since that day, I've never been back on drugs or alcohol. Jesus Christ has literally transformed my life, all because somebody took him at his word, that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, that I would hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and I would heal their land. ACTS413.net, acts 413 Net. Uh, Jim Maxim and his wife have been part of this ministry for many, many years. And in general, walking with the Lord, the ministry itself has been in the last within the last 10 years, I guess, has grown into the, the prayer realm even more. So uh, I know you pray for pastors, and that's a big part of your heart, too. And there's also a new book that maybe you could talk about briefly, the uh, the 21 Days of Breakthrough Prayer. Uh, what, what's that about? 
Tim, that's a <clears throat> devotional the Lord had us uh, led us to do. And what's unique about it, it's not just a book. We went into the studio and recorded 21 days of prayer, so it can be an interactive devotional to encourage people to stay in prayer. And um, so if they go on our website and click on, uh, let's say if they're reading Day 5, for example, after they read Day 5, they go on our website, click on Day 5, and we'll be there with them praying out loud about what they just read, just as a way to encourage them, to strengthen them in their walk with God, and, and perhaps share with a coworker or a friend that doesn't know how to pray, or maybe never spend any time with others in prayer. It's a great way just to um, jumpstart your prayer life. Well, Jim, I, I can tell you, I know I've been uh, new to the radio station. I used to work here years ago, and then I w- came back here just a few months ago. And I remember hearing the first time, the the time where you pray in the morning, I guess close to 8 o'clock and close to the end of this program, actually, near 5 o'clock. And I remember it standing out, just like I'm thinking, who like who is this person who wants to just take a minute of airtime to pray? Like, it just, it stands out, because there's, you know, everything else. <laughs> in a good way, like, there's... A lot of great ministries that are 25 or 30 minutes long. We have commercials. We have promos. Everything's running. All of a sudden, there's a prayer right in the middle. Like, oh, you know what? That's actually pretty important. We should probably have that going on. So I'm glad that you do that. And I think, you know, I think one reason God's blessing your ministry is because we all need it. Whether we like it or not, or we fight it, or, you know, we want to be busy and do stuff ourselves. Like, thanks, God, for the answer. I can take it from here. The, we need it, whether we know it we, we, or whether we're acting on it or not, we need it. So keep up the good work with it because uh, it's an ongoing reminder. Let's not be busy, 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 busy to the point where we don't take time and stop and really ask him to lead instead of running in front of, you know, running in front of God. So, Wow. That's beautiful, Tim. Thank you for having me. It's a joy, Tim. I really appreciate it. God bless you so much. You too. Jim Maxson from Acts 413 Ministries. Again, God bless you and a great weekend, Jim. Thank you, Tim. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's The Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL. I'm going to go to the phones now. Hello. Hey, who's this? Esther. Hi, Esther. Where are you from? I am from Pennsylvania. Okay. Which part? You near the city or are you out in the... Philadelphia. Philly. Okay. You've been listening to WFIL am for I? a while? Yeah, I, I listen most of the time, uh, AM 560. Yeah. Especially while, while I'm driving. Okay. And um, sometimes I just pull over and... Um, you know, so I can pay attention. And <laughs> right now, I just heard the story, you know, testimony about the person that you were, uh, you had on your set, and he was sharing that how his mom was praying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Jesus, you know, appeared to him. He didn't know Bible, and he, you know, he wasn't reading, or he wasn't, he didn't have any idea that you know he's ever gonna believe in jesus and and it really um gave me hope for my children because i'm praying for my children uh, that because they are crying you know they're crying out but uh they are crying out to god and they are saying that why god is not listening to them as he listens to me mm. And they have a physical affliction, like a sickness and injury, and 
lot of things are going and uh, they they're praying for healing and nothing is coming through so their faith has been really uh shaken and they they they're asking that why God can himself heal them yeah why do why do they have to give go to people or church you know why God you know can answer their prayer yeah and just just uh, giving a quick uh, my testimony. I'm coming from Hindu background. Okay. I didn't know anything about Jesus. Never seen Bible in my life, and um, you know, I was seeking God in in within Hinduism, and also like um, I tried Buddhism, read Quran, and only thing I didn't know anything about Jesus or Bible. And I was praying, fasting, and praying to know. And I was, I was also crying out that God, why can't you, um, you know, reveal yourself to me? I wanted to know the truth. And and Jesus Himself revealed to me, and He spoke to me that I am the way. You know, you come to me, I'll give you um, life. You know. Yeah. And, and uh, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought that I'm going crazy seeing a vision and hearing voices. <laughs> yeah. And he told me to go home and read Bible. And I started to read Bible. And uh, when I was reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, I felt like, oh, Jesus is a good person, healing sick, helping poor. And when I came to John, and he talks about Holy Spirit in chapter 14, and I heard the same voice, and I, you know, it's like uh, he said that I won't leave you orphan. I will give you my comforter who will guide you to the truth and life. And uh, I got scared. I said, oh, my God, this word cannot talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. And ever since, uh, you know, like I, there was such a hunger he put in my life that I finished yeah. whole Bible in four and a half months. Wow, that's good. And, <laughs> that's good. And he called me Esther. Amen. Now, what, what was your name again? Esther. Was it? I'm sorry. Esther. 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 Well, yeah. I, I, we're almost out of time. I just want to suggest, or not suggest, well, suggest, share one thing as far okay. as your kids go. Thank you for sharing your testimony, and don't be a stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter is disabled. She's 12, and when she was very little, she almost died, and there's a lot of other stuff I'll share in the days to come, but... Um, one day we were sitting around the table with the kids, uh, with our other three children at the time. And I said, mm-hmm. um, guys, you, you know how kids can make glasses with their fingers and kind of put them on their face and flip their fingers yeah. up. I can't do that. I always like poke myself in the eye, but they were able to do it. And I said, now look at Tori. She's sitting there. That's her name, Victoria joy. And I said, mm. I want you guys, I don't care what order you guys say something that you know about God. So one of them said, Mm. God knows my name. And another one Mm. said, uh, God is faithful. And Mm. another person, uh, I forget, but the different things that were true. And I said, Mm. you know, we have to look at Tori that way. Mm. We look at God. If you think about it, there's you, there's God, there's the problem or the challenge. You have to Mm. look through God at the problem. Not look left and right. Mm. There's God on the left. There's the problem on the right. There's God on the left. There's the problem on the right. You look through God Mm. at the problem. 
And that changes because then you're trusting in God's character and the problem is not defining your life or your circumstances. You can't explain stuff. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things belong to God. Things revealed belong to us for us to follow. So let's follow what we know and we can trust him in everything else and rest. Esther, it's great to talk with you. I hope we get to do it again. Part of this development of this program is going to come from knowing who's listening. What are you about? What, what's important to you? And you can do that through email anytime. Uh, my email again, timmyd at wfil.com, T-I-M-M-Y-D at wfil.com. If you want to give a quick call and say hello, you're welcome to do that. Um, again, it's 800-569-345. Even just say where you're from. And uh, I know I've had some nice emails and I had a voicemail early today. Someone just called the, the main number at the station and left a, a quick voicemail and said, hey, it's great to hear you on the air again. You used to listen on the Z Morning Show on WZZD back in the day. So over time, uh, that's where we're hoping to head with this thing. But let me give you one reason why I view you, the listener, as very, very important. Um, there's a scripture in James chapter 2, the first four verses Say, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, uh, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old, old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? That's from James 2, 1 through 4. Now keep in mind, I've done radio for a lot of years and, over, and, and, and through a lot of different circumstances, met a lot of people. So I know famous people and multimillionaires, and I also know a lot of people who you wouldn't know them walking down the street. And in God's eyes, to me, the, according to Scripture, they're, they're all made in His image. They all have value. So... The way I look at people, whether they are famous or not famous, they have a book or a CD out or sold millions of records, or whether they're up and coming, or whether they just, they're anchoring their home and they're investing their lives as, as parents and their children, which is an amazing, uh, you know, role to have. There, it's important to, that this program would hopefully be a source of feeding and helping you in your day-to-day task. So again, someday it may be laughing and having fun. Some days it might be uh, something more serious. Uh, but whatever it might be, I, I, I believe that God views you as you matter. Your life matters. And it matters just as much as mine. And it matters just as much as any of the guests we've had on in the past uh, week or so since we started the program. So it's that kind of everydayness that's in my mind, and I view my role here, and I hope my role here is more, much more about uh, just kind of pulling it all together and highlighting things and building a sense of community. So I've been sharing uh, from my heart today. Just wanted to let people know a little bit more about who I am, where I'm coming from, but not so much about me in the sense of I don't you don't have to memorize all that stuff. But I wanted you to know where a little bit where I'm coming from and where I hope this program is going to go in the days to come. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and online at WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. I'm sorry, what was your... I, I don't know if your time's been restored or not. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, we're not joking here. 
and your humor is not acceptable. Prior to the firing of former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, did you discuss or share your private opinions of the special counsel investigation with the chief of staff, Trump family members, and others? Yes or no? Uh, as I previously answered, Congresswoman. Yes or no, sir? As I previously answered, Congresswoman, I have not discussed. Yes or no? As I previously answered, Congresswoman, I have not discussed. And since you were appointed acting attorney general, did you discuss or share your private opinions with the special counsel? Answer the question, yes or no. Could you repeat the question, please? Please now to bring in the founder and executive chairman of C-SPAN and co-author of the book, The President's Brian Lamb. How are you, sir? I'm good, Tim. How are you? Wonderful. It's a privilege to talk with you. Nice to talk to you. Is, is Bryce Harper back in the game yet? <laughs> I think so. I think so. He's walking a lot, if nothing else. <laughs> he's, he's affecting things by walking all day long. And we, we miss him. Yeah, do you? Well, you'll get to see him plenty over the next 13 years. <laughs> well, hey, but maybe you can do a book on that. Someday after you, yeah. the dust settles from yeah. the president. I'm not good at. I'm not good at that. I just was an old clubhouse boy when I was growing up. Really, cleaning the cleats and a few other things. Oh, fun! That's great. Well, we're glad to have you on with this uh, book, The Presidents. Uh, you know, when you step back and look at it for a second, thinking in a way, it's a representative of you know a lifetime of of your work and your journey in in, in the world of media and and uh, politics and everything else. So share a little bit about where it came from and how long it's been in the making and and why it's here. Well, I started doing a program on Sunday nights 30 years ago called Book Notes, and then uh, stupidly I changed the name to Q&A about halfway through, and a lot of people stopped watching, but it was the same program. But along the way, uh, it just became more and more interesting to interview authors, historians about presidents and politicians. And that's where it all started. And I've been doing it, uh, as I said, for 30 years. And this book was a part of that process that came about. And the very important uh, uh, other person in this is Susan Swain, who is our premier editor here. And she's the one that really put the book together from the interviews. So going to ask you about that, you know, in an era where information and opinions are more than readily available, not all equally informed, but you've interviewed lots of presidents. Susan Swain, obviously very experienced. So let people know a little bit. This is a little bit different where this is coming from, the, the history behind it and the knowledge behind it. Well, what we did was put together a book based on how presidents how they came out on a survey that we've been doing with historians over the years. We've done three of them. And so the book is laid out with 44 different chapters, and it's not chronological when they served, but it works from one Abraham Lincoln down to 44 James Buchanan. Uh, and the the idea, uh, actually, there have only been 43 men that have been president. Uh, Grover Cleveland was president twice. Right. And so we talk about 44. The, but that's how it's laid out. It's about 10 pages to chapter. It's just a, a primer for somebody that wants to start thinking about uh, presidents and history. Yeah. And it, we're chatting with uh, Brian Lamb, who, among other things, uh, founded C-SPAN and has written this new book along with Susan Swain and C-SPAN Resources. And a lot of excuse me, historians have been part of it, too. Uh, this book, The Presidents, we, you know, it's interesting because in a way, C-SPAN was kind of uh, like a, an objective lens, the goal, right? Am I, if I'm mistaken, to let the public in. And this is, in a way, it's objective, but it's subjective. How would you kind of describe the nature of the presidents in, in that regard? Well, let me just first say that Comcast of Philadelphia is uh, has been from the beginning our very biggest and most important sponsor. 
and uh, Brian Roberts and others there have been behind this kind of thing to let us do what we do without any kind of in, uh, interference. And we have just tried to do the best we can to present all different sides on history, on uh, current day politics, uh, covering the hearings. And that's the way we approach this book. And that's the way we approach everything we do. Have you found, as you were working on this book, uh, many surprises along the way that you weren't expecting? This is how bad it is for an amateur like me. I I interviewed them initially. I've read our own book about three times, and every time I open it up now, I look in. I say, I, I didn't know that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't absorb it, but I didn't. You know, I'll give you one simple example. Sure. <clears throat> William Howard Taft was president only for four years. He went on to be on the Supreme Court for nine years. But he, in his time on the court, in the middle of our country's history, was able to appoint six different members of the court. That's just a tremendous amount of power. And oh. if you think about how we argue over one man yes. or woman today to going on the court, you can imagine if – and he got it without much, uh, you know, without much difficulty. Interesting. Very interesting. Brian Lamb is our guest uh, with this book, brand-new book, The Presidents. Uh, you touched on it for a second there, but who might appreciate – uh, this book in terms of ranging from a political novice to someone who's very well read and has, uh, you know, they, they can't wait to get their hands on it. I think it's anybody that's curious. I know that's a much overused term, but if you like history or if you even want to find out whether you like history, this is a good way for you not to have to, uh, not to have to labor through 500 pages at one time because you can read each of these chapters and it might take you 20 minutes to do it and ask yourself whether or not this is interesting or not and then go find out more information. One of the great fun things in life to do if you're interested in history is go to primary sources. Go where go where it all started instead of even reading what other people are saying. Yes. Well, and to that end, I mean, you've interviewed how many presidents has it been? Seven or eight or, or more? I'm trying to think of who. I, I, I think it's I think it's seven, but uh, some of those were were not very much in depth, and others were terrific. I mean, I got to interview Bill Clinton on many occasions and George W. Bush. And as you had those opportunities to build a rapport with them a little bit, what did you find, and did some of that factor into how this book is written in terms of you know understanding how a book like this should be written? Well, one of the things I learned about presidents is they control the dialogue, and no matter how many clever, cute, wonderful questions I would ask, they're only going to answer what they want to. And I understand that. Interviewing presidents is not as exciting as it sounds because they're interviewed so often. And when you try to find new information, and that's what's always a challenge to journalists, there's not much there unless they're ready to cough it up. And they're not always ready to do that. Brian Lamb is our guest author, along with Susan Swain. And uh, I guess, technically speaking, how many folks contributed to this book? There were historians who were involved, and would you say? Well, Historians are everything to this book. Doug Brinkley, Edna Green Medford, Richard Norton Smith, they're all here in our studios today. They're going on our call-in show live, and we had a big event last night at, at uh, Mount Vernon. And without them and the other uh, 40, let's see, I guess two wow. or, or historians, this book would be nothing. It's a, it's a, it's a labor of love, I'm sure. And, and, and you personally, I know, have done, you know, what, thousands of interviews over the years, and Known for, among other things, making the interview about be about your guest, right, as opposed to drawing attention to yourself and making it about you know you. Where did that mindset come from? Just out of curiosity, my high school broadcasting teacher, really? William Fraser, as an eraser, okay, as he used to say. Uh, it, literally, at age fourteen, he he taught me what he thought good interviewing was, and it was just as you said it, Tim. Stay out of the way. 
and ask the questions and keep asking questions and hope that you're going to get an answer that matters because nobody really tells you anything that they don't want to tell you unless they're terribly inexperienced at uh, doing interviews. One final thing. This is the year, I guess it's 40 years now for C-SPAN. So congratulations. And, and is this book, the president's part of that? Did it time out? Just it happened to work that way? Or was that kind of the goal as well? Uh, my very clever uh, associate editor on this, Susan Swain, wanted to do this for the 40th about 18 months ago. Hmm. And she got it done. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I'm the recipient. I get to sit at home and read it time and time again and learn something every time I go back to these chapters. That's excellent. Well, it's a privilege speaking with you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And uh, God bless you. Thanks for taking time with us today. Thank you, Tim. It's good to be with you. You too. Bye-bye. It's Brian Lamb, founder and executive chairman of C-SPAN and uh, author of this new book, The President's Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. You listen to 560 WFIL. Thank you for listening. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Tim DeMoss, very pleased to be here. In the mix now, Debbie Stewart of Hope for the Heart. Lots of folks looking to hear good stuff from the world-famous Debbie Stewart. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say that. It's just one leader telling another leader some principles we've learned uh, in God's Word. Yeah. Well, you have worked with Hope for the Heart for a lot of years, and I know you have a long history in women's ministry and uh, even a new chapter coming up for you. So a lot to unpack, but maybe just to set the table for people, what do you like to do about these events? Well, and I just thank y'all for doing this type of event because it's great encouragement to women, especially those serving on the front lines. The Lord has given me um, uh, a unique twist to a message that I want to share, and just uh, it's going to come with two challenges. At the beginning of the message, I'm going to have two challenges for leaders that I believe could be life-changing. It it has changed my perspective of ministry. It has changed my mode of operation even for ministry as I've applied these two biblical challenges. So I'm going to give two challenges at the beginning and then 10 principles from God's Word on how to bring your A game. And by that, I mean your A game. So there are 10 principles that all start with A. Some of those lessons I have learned the hard way. You, you might learn that a Southern girl can be a little bit hard-headed and stubborn. The Bible calls it stiff-necked. I don't prefer that term. But I tell you, sometimes I can be type A on steroids, and the Lord has demanded that if I'm going to do life and I'm going to do ministry, according to His Word, I'm going to have to make some adjustments in my life to do that. So I'm excited to share some of those adjustments that might be required in our life. Amen. That's good. Chat with Debbie Stewart. I know that I've heard good things about you. I have not actually seen you in person, but I know that you like to mix it up where you're definitely going to bring the Word of God and you're going to challenge and encourage people in their faith, but you also like to laugh a little bit and have some fun with the, with the audience a bit. Is that true? Or We do. Sometimes uh, laughter is good medicine. It helps some of the hard stuff to go down. But the truth is, the way the Lord has just worked in my life, looking back, some of it is just quite humorous. If I can change my perspective on it and look at some of the lessons that he is teaching me through life and family. We have been through some difficult things in our family. I'm 53 years of age, been in ministry 27 years, and I lost my mom uh, when I was 23, had a five-week-old baby boy. I lost my dad. I have buried my brother, uh, two nephews, um, our daughters in ministry, but they and my little two grandsons live 2,500 miles away in the Seattle, Washington area. And my son, Jared, that five-week-old little baby I was talking about earlier, has been incarcerated for Mm. about nine years. He was a prodigal in our home for a number of years. And if I'm not careful, I will look at those things and begin to be discouraged. I could be depressed, but 
feel like that it might even disqualify me from ministry. But the truth is, those are the things that have best prepared me for ministry. And so I want to see how God gains glory for himself, as his word tells us that he does, through some very painful circumstances in my life. So I do want the women to know that I'm, I'm acquainted with grief and those that are struggling through difficult times uh, right now some recent research and a, um, a message that I've been putting together on suicide prevention and depression, especially among women, I have learned that women are really struggling mm. with that particular thing. Not only that, I have learned that in our society that is living right now, we are the most medicated, indebted, addicted, incarcerated, suicidal, violent, and tattooed society that has ever walked the face of this earth. And the thing that bothers me about that is it happened on my watch. I'm called the leadership for such a time as this, and those things happen on my watch. And I believe the Lord gives us some instruction about what we're to be doing in the times that we are called to the front lines. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of what Psalms, I think it's 106.30, says about Phinehas, that a, that a plague had been sent to Israel because of their rebellion, and Phinehas had the courage to step in. And the plague was stopped. And I want to be that kind of person. I want the spirit of Phinehas where I will step in and the craziness that's going on in my generation and among my people, especially women, will be stopped. You could put that on your business card. Debbie Stewart, plague stopper. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. Well, and the Bible talks about um, just how one person can make such an impact and such a difference. And I love this. Um, Oswald Chambers says, one woman is of priceless value to God's kingdom, and you might be that woman. And I want to be one. I want to be. I want to be like David, a, a woman after God's own heart. But here's the funny thing about David: we say that about him all the time. Oh, we know David was a man after God's own heart. That's what I want to be. But the verse is actually found in Acts uh, thirteen twenty-two, I believe, and it has a comma there, not a period. It doesn't say that David was a man after God's own heart. Period. It says, David was a man after God's own heart, comma, for he did all that the Lord required of him to do. Mm. Another translation says, he did all of the will of God assigned to him. And that also reminds me of Acts twenty twenty four that says, my only aim is to complete the assignment given me by the Lord Jesus. So that's what we're going to do Saturday. We're going to look at some of the assignments, albeit hard at times, albeit painful at times. What is the assignment that the Lord has given women for this season, for this time, in this field of service? Amen. Uh, I know uh, you know you've referred to some of the challenges in your life. I'm guessing you'll chat about those some. And, uh, yes, yeah. and the most recent one that we are in right now. Uh, um, very personal, and I haven't shared with a lot of groups yet, but I can feel the stirring in my heart already from the Lord to share about the loss of our little infant um, granddaughter just recently. And mm. so there's this important lesson we can learn in laws and and what that teaches us to comfort and help others as well. Chatting with Debbie Stewart this afternoon. You know, Debbie, it's going to be amazing to really speak to this group of women, uh, all serving the Lord in different capacities, and be able to encourage them as they continue to go back out and serve in their respective ministries. The commitment that I've made to the Lord is my whole heart for my whole life. And I don't have the capacity, and I don't have the willpower, strong-willed as I am. I don't have what it takes to do that. Only God at work through me and equipping me and empowering me. But there's some things that we're going to need to do on our part. So that's going to be my challenge. I'm going to close with a charge from 
uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, which possibly could be summed up in that same commitment, my whole heart for my whole life. So come and get the shot in the arm or the kick in the pants that you might need to step on up and be the Phineas and the spirit of Phineas that God has called us to for such a time as this. That's it. Or maybe just a nudge in the ribs. It could be somewhere in between. That too, that too. Part of the event was where the ladies are just being together. It kind of encourages each other like, wow, look at all these people who are doing what I'm doing just in a different way, in a different location. Probably some energy just from being around others who are serving in a similar way. You know, and just the networking opportunities that, that provides. I think the enemy tries to keep us all at arm's length, and we think we're the only ones suffering or the only ones that aren't getting it right or not seeing any results from the hours and the work and the blood, sweat, and tears. But when you get in a group like that of all women trying to just get the ball down the field, trying to make an impact and serve the Lord effectively and successfully, there's something about that in and of itself, just the love in the room. And I think there's something that the Lord just cannot resist when women come together when we open our hearts and we're willing to hear what he has to say and willing to make the adjustments that he requires us to do. There is something that is just life-changing about that. So I cannot thank you and, and your station enough for hosting the women at this event. We're looking forward to it, Debbie, very much. This is WFL's Women in Ministry event. And you Absolutely. Have a, and you have a book, too, recently or no? Uh, I, I do. I have two books. One is called 20 Minutes a Day for the Rest of Your Life, and one is called 20 Lessons Learned from 20 Minutes a Day. And those will all be there, but it's going to be a great day, and I can't wait to hug their necks and meet the women personally. I, I love nothing more than just a face-to-face encounter with women uh, serving the Lord. That's great. Thank you so much, Debbie. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL and online at WFIL.com. Candace Payne is joining us, author of a couple of books, including Simple Joys, Laughing Your Way to Authentic Happiness, which came out earlier this year. Candace has a brand new journal out as well. It's called Considerate Joy. It's a six-month bullet journal. She was the uh, focal point of the number one Facebook video for all of 2016, like millions of views, all revolving around her buying a Chewbacca mask for her birthday and posting a video about it on Facebook. Why all this happiness? Why all this joy? (laughs) You know, I feel like a lot of people were wondering, has the entire world lost its sense of humor altogether? And we need somebody to remind us that we have not, and joy is actually possible for all people. I figured I would take that stance and go ahead and start letting people know some truth about it. Uh, So as far as your situation, you're in your car sitting in your front seat, for those who have not seen the video, and you turn on a dash cam and on your lap, kind of out of sight, a package you plan to share with those who view your video. Well, you know what? It's really highbrow comedy. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) It's four minutes long, and three minutes are me insanely laughing at myself in a toy mask. Yes. It does not get much highbrow (laughs) further than that. Shakespearean, some might say. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's just that infectious laugh of yeah. a moment when you really lose it, and it was caught. It was a caught moment, and I think people know the authenticity in it, and they they relate, and they think, oh, man, laughter is something I don't have to know the same language, but I could appreciate. And so um, yeah. I think there's a lot of things that make that video vo- go viral, but really I think it's just being lost in a moment and enjoying it for what it is. Had you done a couple videos before, once in a while, just for fun, and 
this happened to blow up? Well, I'd never had a video go viral. And at the point of me posting this video, I think I had maybe little bit less than 2,000 friends and family uh, that I'd met throughout, you know, my entire life yeah. that were on Facebook. And before I went to bed that night, I had one million people watch that v- video. And I thought, you know what, I don't know a million people. And I don't know why they're watching this. <laughs> and um, but, but before I woke up the next morning, not only did it go viral, listen, it went super viral. It was 24 million views, not even within 12 hours of posting it. And it literally landed me in the World Guinness Book of Records for the most viral video view counts within 48 hours. It's something you could never explain what I experienced that morning that I woke up. You know, a lot of people could have compassion to what I've I've, I've actually experienced in that morning, but yes. not empathy. There's, you know, there's, there's a, a rare few people that could. Yeah. And by the way, as a side note, uh, you are a big fan of Star Wars ahead of this, right? I mean, it wasn't just you happened to go and say, I think I'll try that one. Right? You like Star Wars. You wanted that mask ahead of time? Well, I'll just tell you this. I, I, I always put it this way. I'm a little bit more than your average fan, Yeah, but I'm not the crazy. Candace Payne is our guest, uh, author of Laugh It Up, Embrace Freedom, and Experience Defiant Joy. Simple Joys, Laughing Your Way to Authentic Happiness, the second uh, book. And now there's this journal we want to talk about, Consider It Joy, a six-month guided bullet journal. I understand at one point in your life, you weren't always that laughing, happy Chewbacca mom. You had a roommate in college who spoke into your life at an important time, right? Oh, goodness, yeah. You know, there was um, – and, and I think there's a lot of awareness right now on mental health, period. I think we're trying to get a firm grasp on what we need to do as – just the people, just the people to acknowledge those around us that are suffering with things going on internally. But for me, I, I really discovered that joy felt fake and foreign at one point in mm. my life. And I remember feeling as though I was the butt of everybody's joke instead of being a part of the laughter. And that led to me honestly spiraling within one night of just really wanting to commit suicide and kill myself. Mm. And I had a college roommate walk in and catch me in the middle of honestly a a very, very horrible situation that I won't go into much grave detail about. But she was able to basically stop me, talk me down. The thing that she did that was so remarkable at that moment was not cast judgment. She basically spent the night walking with me around the campus in silence and being by my side Mm. until my head was able to clear and until I was able to get some fresh breath in my lungs to make those decisions afterwards. You know, I'm not ignoring those and saying you don't make those, but I'm, I'm saying that initial moment of just being there, just being present and just holding somebody's hand when they need it, crying some tears with them when they need it was absolutely a, a, a precursor to how I would allow joy to come in my life from the rest of my life. I realized then I don't have to have an answer. I don't have to have the best plan intact for being able to experience why I'm put on this planet. I just need somebody that's going to promise to walk with me. And I need to be that for other people as well. That was like this huge moment for me to discover, oh, I can have joy again. It doesn't have to end here. Candace Payne's our guest. I know, uh, you know, talk about happiness is a I guess, based on the word happening or what, you know, it, it fluctuates depending on the circumstances. Joy is something that is steady. Uh, you know, as a Christian radio station here, we talk about that from time to time. And that because we're, we know we're loved by God, that we're, we're able to, no matter what the circumstances are, we know, like in Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for the good. 
for those who love the Lord. So you can know that whether you have a really great thing going or day, days are going well or whether you have a really hard thing happen to you. As far as this Consider It Joy journal, maybe talk about that a little bit. Consider It Joy is something completely different. I've put out four print products within two years of this video going viral. And the reason why this is my latest and, and the thing that I'm most excited about, it gives you a toolkit. You know, bullet journaling is a systematic way to approach your every day to keep your life organized within small bullet and tasks that you can manage. And if you miss one, you migrate it to the next day. Or some days you just need to delete it and say, why did I even put it on my page for this day or this month? That doesn't even belong to me. Somebody else needs to do that. Yeah. But the reason why I did this, it's, it's like a calendar, agenda, devotionals with the Passion Translation. I was able to partner with them and solely use that translation, which I'm excited about. And not only that, I wanted people to be able to track their habits. What are you doing in your everyday life to be able to create space and margin for you to experience the joy that I'm talking about? Listen, I've spent two years talking about it. I've been preaching about it. I've been telling people left and right, here's how you get it. But I've given you no tools. And this is an actual tool for you to take in your hands and use for six months. All all I can say is just try six months of considering every moment that it could be joy-filled. What's your source of joy? Well, I think as a Christ follower, it, it really comes down to the Holy Spirit is the one that produces joy in me. I, apart from Him, I don't have that at all. It says it's very clear in Galatians 6. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But I will tell you this. Jesus preached a sermon on the Mount as well, the Beatitudes. And every single one of those root words, it says, blessed are those who dot, dot, dot. That blessed, actually the root of that word means happy. And I'm telling you, Jesus is concerned about our happiness. And for me, the root of everything that I want to do is want to, I want to live that full and abundant life that he promised in John 10.10. 10. John 10.10, 10, one of the, the main ones that you come back to over and over again? Uh, there's, there's multiple for me, but I, I think one of the biggest ones that I have is Ephesians 3.20 and 21. And it speaks about he will do more than we ever imagine, ask, dream, or hope. <laughs> yes. That, to me, I think I've lived out and seen. I'm going to tell you right now, I've actually seen it with my physical eyes that he has done more than I even thought was on my radar. And not only that, but Romans 15:13, may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. And I believe that, you know, we think of this, this God that wants to overflow us with joy. Well, it starts with hope. He's the God of all hope. You can't have joy without hope. Well, Candice, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, and if folks want to find out more about the different materials you've written, the Laugh It Up book, the uh, Simple Joys book, the a study guide, and the, and the journal now, Consider It Joy, is there a best website? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to CandicePayne.me. And if you're wanting to know how to spell it, just remember there's no I. Candice doesn't have an I. Payne doesn't have an I. And .me. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. Anything that people can pray for you about as we wrap up our time? Oh, you know what? I'm just looking forward to the years ahead. I think we're um, turning a a new leaf with what God's doing in the future with with why He opened the door for me. And so just be praying for my family and be praying for just a consistent direction of His leading and that I would be near His side. Amen. Candice, a privilege. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.